morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Today, we're kind of getting into the swing of some of the usual Wake and Take stuff y'all have become used to and liking, just breaking down some of the recent news, breaking down some things that we're going to expect this week as things are finally heating up. We've got over that lull period of the Super Bowl weeks, and now we're here to really the beginning of free agency and all that fun stuff. The, the combine is right around the corner. We're getting there. So today, we're going to break down some news and talk about tomorrow's franchise tag window opening. So go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so welcome, welcome in. Let's go ahead and get started with the first thing that has kind of happened this weekend, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo's suspension. As the president of the Jimmy Garoppolo fan club, all I can say is, gosh darn it, we might have seen some more Jimmy Garoppolo action next season, but we will not. He has uh, violated the NFL's PED performance enhancing drug policy and will be suspended for the first two games of the 2024 season. And the Raiders are expected to release Mr. Jimmy G, the most handsome quarterback in the league. Now, there's not really much to take away here besides the fact that now, as expected, really, I mean, we were already expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to go to another team this year. Uh, but I think that this does kind of make it less likely that he's going to start. We already saw him get benched for Aiden O'Connell last season. And now whatever team decides to take a risk on him is going to have to wait two games for him to even be able to start. At that point, they're going to have to have a contingency option anyway. Who's to say they're even that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo? So I think unfortunately for him, even though that this is a smaller suspension, he's probably reduced to backup duties unless maybe, I don't even know what the, the argument, I don't know where he would start because then you're probably talking about, you know, maybe a guy with a, a team with a young quarterback, but then again, they're starting the first two games of the season. So then that's a sample size to be like, all right, you know, you're already warmed up. You might as well keep rolling with you. Uh, you're not really going to go with a veteran to, for those two games, unless maybe you want to go the Joe Flacco route, see if he still has it for two games. I don't know. Either way, I'm just saying that getting Jimmy Garoppolo now for any team is going to be a lot riskier, even if it is only two games. So I think it makes a lot more sense that he's brought in as a backup. And to be honest, that probably would have been the case anyway. I always look at Jimmy Garoppolo with the rose tinted glasses. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's kind of right at that tier where he's either one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league or he's one of the best backups. And I think now, especially with the suspension, he's landed firmly into that backup tier. I would say that probably in Dynasty Superflex leagues, it is worth trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo on the low low. Like I said, he'll probably still be one of the better backups in the league, and sometimes that's okay. Might want to wait to see where he ends up signing, maybe see if he could be your handcuff for your quarterback or something like that. But I think in your deeper super flex leagues, he's still going to have some value. And with the suspension, with him being a free agent now, I can't imagine the worker, the the, uh, the market getting any lower, even if it's not that exciting uh, of, of an upside there with Jimmy G. So that's that news. We'll move on to some other quarterback news. And this is more of a rumor building around in Atlanta and kind of around the national market in general. Kirk Cousins, there's a, there's a thing going out now that if, emphasis on if, 
he were to leave the Minnesota Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons would be the favorite for him to go to. And that does make a certain amount of sense. That's why we're going to talk about it just for a little bit, just to start thinking about it. I do still believe that he'll return to Minnesota. I know that there was some kind of disagreement with how much he's worth, but I don't think it was necessarily too far off. And I think after a month or two of him maybe speaking with other teams or his agent speaking with other teams, kind of noticing that his market isn't as high as he thinks, I think he'll probably end up returning to Minnesota. There's not going to be many teams that want to take a chance on an older quarterback quarterback coming off an Achilles tear. I personally think it makes a lot more sense for him to just return to the hometown team. And this is just kind of a lover spat. I really don't think he's going to go anywhere else, but Atlanta being the favorite does make a certain amount of sense. And I wouldn't be too upset about it. Even if I am a guy who's really hoping it's Justin Fields in Atlanta, we know that this is probably going to be more of a McVay system being run in Atlanta now. Not much need for a mobile quarterback. And I mean, the, the quarterback's coach being elevated to the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, uh, Robinson, he's within that McVay coaching tree. Uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, who has been running the McVay kind of system with Kirk Cousins. So it would fit. Uh, is is all that we can kind of get there. And that's probably why he's the favorite. But again, I really wouldn't go trading out for Kirk Cousins and thinking that he's going to be the Falcons quarterback. I wouldn't go trade for any Falcons skill players thinking that Kirk Cousins will be their quarterback. I still think ultimately he's going to return to Minnesota. No information of it. Of course, I'm still just the, hoke of, the host of Wake could Take with no inside sources. But I just, when you put on the sense cap and you're just like, what makes sense? I think Minnesota is the most logical answer for Minnesota, for Kirk Cousins, and even the Atlanta Falcons at the end of the day. I, I think that they're they're probably wanting a, a, a little bit younger of an option. It maybe, maybe, maybe they they think they can win now. But either way, either way, just a rumor for now. And we'll move on to another quarterback controversy that's building. And this is the Steelers quarterback room. We've been talking about this for a couple months now, especially with Mason Rudolph actually playing well, winning games and leading the Steelers to the playoffs. Uh, and I told you guys that I believe that Mason Rudolph should probably get the, the first crack at this thing just because of that. Uh, get Playing well at the end of the season, getting your team into the playoffs is a very difficult task. And that's kind of what you want your quarterback to do at the end of the day. It, yeah, it's about winning games and it's about getting to the playoffs and ultimately getting you, well, yeah, getting into the playoffs. And that's what Mason Rudolph showed. And that's what Kenny Pickett hasn't really shown. He's not been good in this league really at all. We've kind of been patient with him, but ultimately the patience has worn thin and seeing Mason Rudolph play this well hurts. Uh, so I do think that this controversy makes a lot of sense. There's rumored internal division per NBC Sports about who should be the starter next year between Rudolph and Pickett. We know that it's going to be kind of an open battle at camp this offseason, but to hear that even the front offices and the coaching staff is divided is definitely interesting. And I think that's probably why they're very heavy favorites to land a quarterback in the open market. I think that that makes a lot of sense. You always hear that, you know, they're in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. They're in the Justin Fields sweepstakes. I think ultimately this whole hullabaloo about the Steelers quarterback room is going to get really just washed away the second they get a quarterback in this market. I think really neither Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett are the long-term options. I think if anything, Mason Rudolph has still earned his shot to be the quarterback two for this team going forward. And Kenny Pickett, they can maybe try to get some value for via trade. But I think ultimately 
uh, it's just not going to be that good between these two quarterbacks in terms of their upside. Uh, And if I had to pick one, you know, in terms of just getting the cheapest and hoping something happens, it's going to be Rudolph again. Uh, there's probably a good reason that there's a division here. And I wouldn't be surprised if the division comes from the coaching staff between the free, the uh, front office, the coaching staff likes Rudolph. They liked what he put on the field, but the front office is still tied to Pickett. This is all speculation. We have no idea. Ultimately, I think it's going to end up being the Steelers getting another quarterback anyway, but just wanted to enlighten you guys on what's going on in Pittsburgh. Next for you guys, in terms of some news, kind of revolves around a quarterback, but less so. And this is C.J. Stroud, and to a to a more certain extent, C.J. Stroud's agency. As we remember last season, uh, C.J. Stroud failed the S2 cognition test. Now, the results were never actually public, and there was a lot of speculation as to what failed even meant. And the S2 like test creators even came out and said that the media is kind of overblowing what was actually done here uh, and that CJ Stroud didn't even take the test seriously in the first place. But either way, CJ Stroud's agency has vowed and eventually and, uh, uh, essentially uh, stopped allowing their clientele to do any cognitive tests. They're just not allowing it. It killed CJ Stroud's draft stock. I mean, the guy, we were surprised he was taken number two after he was almost basically the expected number one. A lot of people expected Stroud to be number one over Bryce Young until this S2 cognition test results came out. And so his agency has decided no more of these. We're not doing these cognitive tests. They don't make any sense. CJ Stroud killed it. So rest in peace to the S2 test. I'm sure we'll still slightly hear about it, but I think it's lost basically any credibility that it could have. Uh, and I don't think there's ever really going to be a replacement. There's just, we're, we're all like, it, it's, it's at, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily random, but it's hard to predict who's going to be a successful quarterback. And there's so many things, uh, coming into play here that you can't rely on one test. And I think that that's kind of the lesson to be learned here. When we're going forward, you can't rely on one metric, one test result, one, anything. You really got to look at the full picture. And if the guy played well in college, and then just failed to test, I think you should probably lean towards the gameplay, what you saw on the field versus what happened in a test-taking room uh, during probably the most stressful period of his life going into that pre-draft process. So uh, again, shouldn't have read much into it at all. I don't really think we did much on Wake and Take. We we still wanted Stroud to go number one over here, Uh, but still, lesson to be learned and rest in peace to the test as one agency has now stopped taking these and all the uh, intelligence tests, quote unquote. So look out for that to continue to build around the draft and pre-draft cycle uh, as we get closer to that thing. So the last thing we have for you guys today is the franchise tag information. Tomorrow is when the franchise tag window opens. I couldn't find out a time. I know that it closes at 4 p.m. sometime in March, but there's no information as to when it opens. So I'm not sure if it's like right at midnight tonight it'll start or like, you know, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Either way, I just wanted to go ahead and do a little bit of a preview on what to expect tomorrow, uh, whether, you know, basically because I didn't know if things would happen before tomorrow's episode of Wake and Take or Not. And also, it's just nice to get a little preview of what's to come. So tomorrow, as mentioned, the franchise tag will open. What you need to know is that franchise tags are rare. 
they, they really are not used that often. So you're going to hear a lot of names thrown around in this segment as I continue talking, but also just around Twitter and social media and other shows in general. But ultimately, we're probably not going to see many of these players get tagged. And even if they do, we'll probably see them end up signing some sort of contract. But it's still important because free agency is fun. It's fun to speculate on where players can go. And it's nice to get kind of an educated guess uh, because if you make the right educated guess, you really can gain some value on your fantasy football team, either by correctly assuming somebody will return to to the team that they're already on or expecting them to hit the open market and land somewhere nice. Ultimately, I'm a guy who sides on preferring a player to stay within their team. I feel like going to new teams is a death sentence for a lot of players, especially these guys that were kind of on the fringe of earning a contract with their team anyway. It's tough to continue to go to another team and learn a new culture, learn new playbooks, all that stuff. To me, I prefer teams returning, and that's why I like the franchise tag. So there's four big names. There's four like really likely names. Only three of these could actually happen as two are from the same team. So you're going to hear a lot of T. Higgins rumors. Uh, Last week, I know that there was a story that it it was basically expected he would be franchise tagged by the Bengals. But then also remember that there could be a transition tag or it could be non-exclusive to where teams can still uh, offer a contract to him and the Bengals can then choose to accept or decline it based on what that offer is. So again, just because he gets franchise tagged doesn't mean he's a Bengal for one more season. And as we know, Uh, Lots of players hate getting the tag, except for really the wide receiver position. They get paid pretty handsomely with this. Uh, So look for T. Higgins to probably get tagged. What we'll have to really keep an eye out for is if it's exclusive, non-exclusive, if it's even a transition tag, which could be very, very interesting. But basically what type of tag they use or if they end up still signing a contract just because tomorrow is the window opening day doesn't necessarily mean that anything will even happen on that day. But the next player... Uh, who will probably get tagged, and I think an exclusive tag stuck with his team is going to be Michael Pittman. He's already come out and said that he would accept it, and it's a lot of money. It really is. Uh, Ultimately, he could sign this and then work himself into a long-term contract, but I think the 20-whatever million dollars basically guaranteed is going to be enough for him one more season for the front office to kind of really find out if this is who they want. And it's kind of a win-win for both sides. I know ultimately the players want the long-term contract, But it's a lot of money for a wide receiver. And there's still a lot of question marks about this Colts offense in general. Uh, You know, there's still going to be question marks around uh, Anthony Richardson. There's a huge question marks around Jonathan Taylor's commitment to the team in general from last season. And also his performance has declined. And then they still, you know, need a wide receiver too. They can see how the draft goes. Basically what I'm saying is I really do think that this will be a franchise tag situation, especially since he's already come out and said he would accept it. Not many players do that, and I think the front office will appreciate that. And I think Michael Pittman is smart enough to just accept some money and bet on on himself a little bit and just see where this thing takes him. Because ultimately, right, the Colts could think that Anthony Richardson's not the answer, or they could, you know, figure out that, you know, maybe they feel they can get Michael Pittman a little cheaper. Either way, I think that this season is going to be a franchise tag season for Michael Pittman. But keep your eye out. Find out if it's exclusive, non-exclusive, transition tag, all that. My guess is an exclusive tag with the Indianapolis Colts, not going anywhere else. The other two big players to keep your eye on, bunching them together is because they're both Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. 
why I think ultimately they'll take Mike Evans on this franchise tag is just because of his age. I don't think they necessarily want to put a contract on Mike Evans, but I'm damn sure that they don't want him to go anywhere else. I know a lot of people think Mike Evans is going to hit the open market and maybe try to win one more ring, but I really do kind of believe this Buccaneers team really wants Mike Evans. And I'm sure deep down Mike Evans wants to be a career Buccaneer. They just made the playoffs. The NFC South is still wide open. And if they can bring back Baker Mayfield on a cheaper contract than the franchise tag, or even one right around that range, I think that we're talking about a team still firmly in playoff contention. And then they just have to fill some holes elsewhere. But I think giving Mike Evans a big contract for one more season to see if the if if he falls off the cliff is not only good for the Buccaneers, but good for Mike Evans as well. I think ultimately, if he were to go to another team, he's not going to get money close to what the franchise tag is, at least in a guaranteed regard. Really just because of his age. I know he's playing well, but, why, but uh, NFL front offices are still going to be very, very hesitant when it comes to Mike Evans, but I think he returns to Tampa. And I think Baker Mayfield does as well. I just don't think he's quite worth, I think it's the yeah, $36 million for a quarterback for well, one season. I just don't think he's worth that. I still think that there's plenty of question marks around his game uh, and everything like that, that I just don't think he would be worth $36 million for one season. I think that they can maybe make it 30 million if they really want to spend up on him. But I think ultimately a cheaper contract for Mr. Mayfield and Mike Evans getting that franchise tag. So those are kind of the big ones. Um, again, last season, only six players got him, And four of those players ended up signing a contract after three of them being long-term. So it's no death sentence. And it's surely not anything set in stone if it does happen. But before I get you guys out of here, those are kind of the big four names floating around to probably get franchise tagged. Here are some other just fantasy relevant pending free agents. I wanted to kind of put a lot of these names out here and just let, let get you guys thinking about some other players that could get tagged or hit the open market or, yeah, I guess that's it. Hit the open market or, or get franchise tagged. So Tony Pollard, yes, he was franchise tagged last year, but it's only like 120% of the franchise tag value. And with running back already being so cheap, it's not too out of the question for the Cowboys to get Tony Pollard again, kind of same here with Josh Jacobs. I think that it's possible. Ultimately, those guys probably get a contract, but just because they were franchise tagged last season doesn't mean they can't this year. Um, some other uh, probably more likely to hit the free agency. It's going to be Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, uh, Calvin Ridley, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley, kind of big names there that are probably going to hit the open market. Uh, and then I think there are some other names as well that will probably just return to their team, but on like a team-friendly contract. That would be like Marquise Brown, maybe J.K. Dobbins, Maybe DeAndre Swift, Gabriel Davis, Rashid Shahid. Texans probably bring Schultz back. Texans probably bring Singletary back if they can't get their hands on Saquon Barkley. Um, Hunter Henry may be back to the Patriots. And then Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I, I just think he goes back to the Chiefs. I know everyone's going to boo me for that, but I can't imagine him really going to any other team. And with him already being familiar with the Chiefs, I'm sure that they would like him as well. So those are kind of my thoughts on the free agency on the franchise tag window opening tomorrow. I'm sure if if it opens at midnight tonight, I, I really couldn't find information on that. Maybe I'm a bad Googler. But either way, uh, if it happens at midnight tonight and we find out some stuff, we'll definitely be talking about it on Wake and Take tomorrow. 
If not, we'll have a fun episode cooked up. Not sure what we'll be talking about tomorrow, but as always, thank you so much for tuning in. This was another great episode of Wake and Take, and you guys were a fantastic audience. I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Before you head out, don't forget to hit like and subscribe to the Player Profiler channel. And again, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.